Major League Baseball. This is the Nosebleeds Podcast on WFUV Sports. October, one of the best months of the year because you get to watch the Fall Classic. The Fall Classic between the Philadelphia Phillies and the Houston Astros in 2022. Hi, everybody. Welcome in to the next edition of Nosebleeds. Will Talent. Your host today alongside me is Brian Raybax and Sebastian Seabach. It's a quieter time, not a quieter time, but this is all we have left. That's the World Series. We have maybe seven games, at most four games. And then we have an offseason that's always action-packed. Probably won't have as many headlines as last year, hopefully. Hopefully we don't have another situation like we ran into last year, but... Lots going on. The Yankees, they suffer a big-time sweep in the American League Championship Series. Still cannot get over the hump and get over that Houston hump. They have yet to beat the Houston Astros in any postseason series, including the Wild Card game in 2015. There's a lot to talk there. We'll talk about that series. We'll talk about what we think they will do in free agency. And then we'll talk about the World Series a little bit. It's going to be a fun matchup, even though the teams may not be evenly matched between the Astros, the powerhouse of the American League, and the feel-good underdog story of the Philadelphia Phillies in the National League. But I'm going to throw it over to you now, Brian. How are you doing today, man? Well, I mean, there's a lot to get into today. So I was very excited to be on this, especially given the state of the Yankees and the fact that they lost. So I I got a lot to say, a lot to get off my chest, and a lot of interesting points because there's a lot of interesting things to talk about now, a lot of speculation on the future of the Yankees and obviously dissecting what happened in this last week in this series against the Astros, so I'm very excited to be here, Will. Right, all three of us big Yankee fans. Sebastian, they bring back Aaron Boone. They say there's there was an announcement that Hal Steinbrenner will retain Aaron Boone as the manager. And I have to say Hal Steinbrenner, obviously because Brian Cashman isn't under contract, but in, in reality, it, it just seems like he makes the moves. Brian Cashman is always handcuffed to certain things that he can do because Hal Steinbrenner just is so, I don't even know how to put it correctly, but he's just so uptight with the money that used to be renownedly known to be spent. Yeah, I mean, like, there's a lot of things I could say about, you know, the Yankees right now after this elimination. I mean, they just look defeated. They look flat-footed. They just didn't really want to play. And I, I think this kind of goes back to, you know, the motivation of the front office. Were they actually caring about winning a World Series? I don't know. And then Brian Cashman, you know, I like listen to Michael K talk about this, you know, to talk about, oh, maybe things worked in the past. Things are not working right now. And Brian Cashman's front off, Hal Steinbrenner's front office with Brian Cashman. I mean, they, they're they they're loaded with executives that were hired from like the early 2000s. So, I mean, and Brian Cashman is the one making all the moves. And right now they just do not have the right buttons. They're not a World Series team right now. They're a good team. They're a good competitive team, but they're not a World Series team right now. And I think, you know, there's got to be like some kind of change in mindset if Hal Steinbrenner actually cares about winning. 
like his brother and his father did. See, that's where I disagree. I think this team can definitely make the World Series. And now, obviously, it's a little different. I think there was definitely a chance this team could have made it to the Fall Classic this year. Obviously, things did not go according to plan. You look at July and August, and it was just awful. It was awful baseball. You pick it up a little bit in September, but it just wasn't enough. And they just never played well against the Astros at all during the regular season, especially in the postseason. But this team can definitely win. There's 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 something that needs to be done. The but the right buttons are not being pushed. Buttons mm-hmm. are being pushed, but it's all going to come down to what Hal Steinbrenner wants. He doesn't have that same drive that his dad did at all. George looked at it as the more winning you do, the more money you're going to make. Hal knows that this team is going to make millions and millions, maybe billions of dollars in revenue year after year just because of the name, the New York Yankees. And it's sad to see because this 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 was a franchise built on history, built on tradition, built on winning. And they're just they're so content with staying under the luxury tax when they can very easily blow past it to improve this team and win a World Series. Which they did this year. They did, but they they didn't do enough. I, I mean, they, I guess I guess they just didn't do it in the right they areas. They didn't no. do it in the right areas. They didn't do enough. There there was a lot coming into this year that fans had questions about, and for the most part, those questions were quieted when they started fifty two and eighteen. But all of a sudden, in July, in that awful awful month of August, you really started to see the issues really coming up front. And the big move of Brian Cashman's offseason, the big move could not have fallen more flat. It could not have gone worse. Josh Donaldson, first of all, taking on $50 million of his contract to, to get what you got out of him, a really subpar hitter, great defender, but just looked lost at the plate sometimes and really unproductive in the postseason. That's not looking great, and now you wonder what, what are they going to do with him because he's you owe him over $20 million next year. And no one's going to want him. Are you going to cut him and eat that money? Because he's in his upper 30s now, so we'll see. And then Isaiah Kiner for Leffa, oh, man. He he couldn't have given you less, I feel. He was was a nice contact bat at the bottom of the order, but they praised him the whole year about being an elite defender, a top five defender at shortstop. And the eyes just told you something different. Because if he was a top five defender at shortstop, you would not have benched him in an elimination game in the ALDS. I, I I don't I don't see what their thinking is there, and I just I just didn't see this team as a World Series contender coming into the coming into the postseason as much, or at least coming into the series against the Astros because on paper this team had no business beating the Astros. It shouldn't have been close. And right when you saw them lose that four four of seven in that stretch against the Angels and the A's in September, it's kind of, it's kind of where I knew they were done. But you always think okay maybe they teams beat better teams in the playoffs, so we'll see. And they just could not have fallen flat. It was such an uncompetitive series and such a disappointing end to what at one point was looking like a really historic year for this team. I just think too that the Astros, uh, no knock on, no knock at all. The Yankees were a good team this year, not good enough in our eyes. They were a good team, but this Astros team and each year that the Yankees play them, the Astros are just that much better than mm-hmm. the Yankees. This Astros team is very, very good at baseball. Very good. I don't see how the Phillies are going to get to six, seven games with them. Maybe five, but this Astros team is just so well constructed. Well, I mean, I mean, if you look at this Astros team in general, so the Yankees played them, I think, seven times this year. 
The Astros won five of those games, three of them in Houston and two of them at Yankee Stadium. And the Yankees almost got no hit two of those losses. So actually, no, one of those wins, they almost got no hit. That, and the two wins the Yankees had against the Astros were both come from behind victories. Mm-hmm. They were both walk-offs. Walk-off wins. Yep. So, like, they really had no business hitting the Astros pitching unless they actually hit with runners in scoring position, which they clearly didn't throughout the entire postseason. They didn't hit at all. And they didn't hit at all. And they the Astros, they didn't really score a ton of runs versus the Yankees. The Yankees they just didn't. didn't. The Yankees just they didn't, didn't score. The Yankees just didn't score. The, which is, which is the issues that we've seen in years past. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's the way the lineup is constructed because you have Judge at the top of the order who's one of your best hitters, but he's also a struggling hitter. And sometimes the hotter hitters are just better than the best hitters in your lineup. And, you know, the Yankees only had really had one hot hitter in the postseason and one clutch hitter in the postseason, Stanton Rizzo. Other than that... Bader. Ba- oh, yeah, Bader as well. But Bader went off. But other than that... Like, you go 5 through 9, it was just completely absent throughout the entire postseason. And I also think it's kind of the way the lineup was constructed because, you know, you have Josh Donaldson who's not really being accountable. Oh, I, I think I'm working counts. I don't think I'm taking bad at-bats. I mean, he's in there for his defense. Josh his, Donaldson can't hit fifth. No, he can't. And if his offense is completely absent, you might as well just put Kiner Falefa at third base who's a gold-glove third baseman because, oh, you're not taking any way, anything away. By taking Donaldson out of the lineup. In fact, you put a really good defender in Peraza at shortstop, and that makes your defensive lineup that much better. And plus, your offensive lineup has more contact as well because the strikeouts, the Yankees struck out 50 times in the ALCS. Record. It, they, yeah. they had some they set, record. I yeah. don't remember what They set it was. the record for strikeouts in the ALCS. Was it, was it the record for... I don't, they they the also record. set the record in the first two games. The Yankees... No, in, the, in game one, the Yankees struck out 17 times. Yep. Compared to the Astros striking out two times, it was the biggest difference in strikeouts between teams in postseason history. Yes, and you bring up Giancarlo Sebastian. Yes, he's been he's been clutch like in the recent in recent years, but he just fell under the the same umbrella as pretty much the this entire Yankees lineup. So players in the postseason that had twelve or more at bats for the Yankees, there's ten of them. Mm-hmm. Seven of them had a batting average under two hundred. They include. Wow. Aaron Judge, Glaber Torres, Josh Donaldson, Oswaldo Cabrera, Jose Trevino, Matt Carpenter, and Giancarlo Stanton. Three of those seven, Matt Carpenter, Oswaldo Cabrera, Jose Trevino, batting averages under, under 100. 100. That's horrible. That that you're, That's just the brand of baseball that they can consistently show year in and year out. This is not how you win games. They are proving to be a semi Dodgers of the American League, where you just run through the regular season and you get to the postseason and you can't do anything. It, it really is starting to feel like the same thing every year now. When they traded for Giancarlo Stanton after having that great 2017 season where they come one win away from the World Series, you buy in and get Giancarlo Stanton, you're thinking, okay, this team's primed up to win. So if you're going to tell me now five years ago after making that trade that they wouldn't have even been to a World Series and still can't get over the Astros... Oh, I would I would have been furious. Oh, so and not even to the World Series, but not even to as close as they were right. the year before he came because they were one win away that year, and, and that was the closest. That close. They got to six and nineteen. They lose in the ALDS to the Rays in twenty twenty. They get losing the wild card game to the Red Sox last year, and now this year they're just not competitive. Not competitive against the Astros in the smoked. ALCS. And listen, losing DJ and Benintendi, it killed them. Yeah, you know. Obviously, they struck out a lot, and having missing two of your biggest contact bats, 
that really, really kind of put a damper in their lineup. But you got to show me something better than that. Yeah, there a needs lot to be a better than that. Oswaldo Cabrera had a good September, and he just vanished in October. Matt Carpenter, it was, it was, it was tough to watch injury. at times because he was. It's all because of the injury, but man, that was. But one thing though about Matt Carpenter, and you guys can disagree with me on this, I did not like from the beginning that he was getting a start in this postseason. Oh, I 100 percent agree. I know he batted over 300. He got he had 15 home runs in the regular season. He was great. But you look at that regular season. Once he started getting regular ABs instead of getting one or two because you're coming in as a replacement, you're getting three to four. Those numbers started to naturally dip. He was not the same superhuman guy. He was still very good. Now, if he plays those two months, I may be having a different conversation here. But Matt Carpenter had no business starting in this series. A guy that hadn't played in two months. Now you're expecting so much from him. Well, well, Matt Carpenter had good numbers as a starter in the regular season. He, he went, did, but it dipped from his original production. Remember that torrid pace that he had no, right in the beginning? Absolutely. And he and he... When he when he got starts, he would he would rip he would he would extra base hit machine. He was and great. listen, Runners and obviously position. obviously when he breaks his foot and he doesn't play for two months, it's really hard to throw him in the fire against Justin Verlander and Ryan Presley. Why why is that a decision so that's made? I, I agree with that, but at the same time, your alternative is Isaiah Kiner Falefa, who's not going to provide the same upside as Carpenter provides, or he's not going to hit home runs. No, but he can he can make contact when you need him to. And hit with runners and scores. Yeah, it's it's well, a lot. It's a lot of scoring. ground balls. I mean, a lot of ground balls. He was one of your. He was one of your higher hitters with runners and scoring. Yeah, and so. he makes noise. At least I'm not. I'm not knocking any any of them. I just question. I question, and this could like segue into what we're going to talk about. Aaron Boone, um, the decision making and going in terms of the lineup, in terms of the pitching rotation. That was one of the big questions to me. IKF, yes, has he been bad? Yeah, he has not lived up to what they wanted from him out of this trade but at the end of the day yeah there were games where ikf hit ground balls and caused chaos because he can move and extended games for the yankees like there was a game in houston they i believe they still lost but he battled hit a very measly ground ball between a second uh, between short and third and extended the game for the yankees Mm -hmm. matt carpenter came up in this in this postseason well, I believe it was bases loaded or big time spot runners on base. The a position that you want Matt Carpenter in with how he's doing this year with healthy Matt Carpenter with Matt, yeah. But he strikes out because he's still laboring this foot. I just think it's just too much pressure for a guy to come in right away. But I know that's what they get paid to do. I just didn't like I didn't like him starting a game in this. Well, no, he, he he stood no chance. Obviously, not playing in a few months. And and you mentioned Aaron Boone before. I mean, you can question that move. But I think there's a lot of moves that were made in this postseason that you really oh yeah that's just the left least you scratching your head that's yeah. the least of the problem why is Clark Schmidt in over yep. Clay Holmes in game two of the American League Division Series and another thing I don't know if you guys picked up on this first it, he had two strikes slider fouled it off slider fouled it off again and we go back to the same pitch in the same spot to a professional hitter three times in a row. It was the same exact pitch. It was maybe one tick on velocity off in the same spot. Uh, who is calling the pitches? That's why they lost this game. Textbook baseball in that situation, you had a one-two count. You can afford a ball. You go at the letters. You make him chase. You do not throw the same stuff over and over again. 
but why is Clay Holmes not in this game? That is a pitch that Clay Holmes throws. He can drag it into these hitters and just make them bust it in on the ground. It's, it's not just going on. Not not just that. There's also game one of the ALCS. You just punted game one of the ALCS. Every game you did. Is, every game is so important in the postseason, especially against the Astros. It, just winning that first game could have changed everything, and all of a sudden it became nope. We're gonna go to Clark Schmidt here, and. Nothing against Clark Schmidt, but and I tweeted this, but sending him up and down between the majors and the minors, you thought he was going to be your guy in the playoffs. That. Yeah, you I thought he was going to be your guy. No, you're going to put him in, put him in over Lou Trevino, Wandy Peralta, Jonathan Wiseguy. No, and then you go from him, you go Frankie Montas, who hasn't pitched in months, and oh. comes. <laughs> yeah, you hear that grunt from Seabock. You know, comes back immediately, gives up a homer. It's like, what are we doing? And then game three, game three, I was real mad. Game three, Garrett Cole's Garrett Cole's your ace that you're paying thirty six million dollars a year to, right? And he he loads the bases in the sixth inning. Why would you not just ride Garrett? Let him Cole get there? out of his own jam. You're paying him thirty six million dollars. Is your better dominate. alternative really Lou Trevino? It's not a guy who came over up, and had a six ERA. And yeah. he had he had good numbers with the Yankees, but he's not better than Garrett Cole. No. So I I just don't understand it, and I'm a I'm a big Aaron Boone guy. I I really like the stuff that he does, but this postseason it really left me scratching my head. But I think two things can be true: he badly managed this this postseason, but they also did not lose because of him. So yeah. no, they lost because of everything that went on. The offense wasn't there. The pitching was actually pretty good. There the pitching I felt like was not terrible. Especially with the offense that they're yeah. supposed to bring to the table. Even against the Astros, it wasn't that it wasn't bad. that bad. They lost by one run in like every yeah. single game except for yeah. game three. Yeah. Th- those were realistically very winnable games. Mm-hmm. What, they were? You th- Luis Severino threw one bad pitch to Alex Bregman, and they lost three to two. Mm. And then we blame the roof. I just That's not a good look. Uh, that was that was a bad that, look. That just goes along with this character of Aaron Boone. It, it's it, He's just an image and he just said that to cover it up. You can't just say it just didn't go out. It I mean, I mean, he he wasn't wrong. Something. He wasn't wrong. I, I think so, we can we can agree so that he was not wrong. Yeah, Brian. yeah. But the Yankees could easily do the same thing. I they know. could hit a home run and be like, "Oh, it was the roof that helped carry it out." So yeah, I, yeah. I don't think the team should be saying that. Yeah, they should. They, they, were, they were complaining a lot. It's I think it was a very bad look. And they were complaining about Yankee fans too. You know, apparently, oh, it was, well, apparently there there were all these Twitter rants that came out after and just like. Apparently, more than one Yankee player was. Well, I'm I'm glad you brought that up. I I think Yankee fans are getting out of hand. I kind of fall on their side. Yeah, in that category. How how do you how do you? I know he was bad, but how how do you boo Aaron Judge in the playoffs? Yeah, how how do you boo him? That that was of all the guys. That was very Yankee. That was very Yankee. He puts up probably the best out of all the people that were booing him. He probably put up the best regular season that all of those people had ever seen in their entire life. Mm -hmm. But. They're so, this fan base, and us three included, are so hungry for a championship. This is the guy that brought you there. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not condoning booing him. That was, that was just wrong. But at the same time, 139, 184, 306 with a 490 OPS, 5 for 36 in the postseason. And this is supposed to be the four hundred million dollar man. I'm, I know he's good in the in the regular season, but you gotta do it. Every single month, I understand that, but how, you, you can't you can't boo the guy, especially when he's literally in a couple of months he's going to be making a decision of where he wants to play the rest of his career, and booing him and disrespecting him off the field after he had the best season, one of the best seasons of all time. 
It could they easily, just want the it, it could though. easily convince him to say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to go to San Francisco where I don't have to deal with this nonsense. I mean, the thing about it is, you know, you look at this Yankees team. I mean, you hear their post game comments. You see what's going on on Twitter. It didn't seem like they actually wanted to win. They were just like, after the game four sweep against the Houston Astros, it, it looked like I saw this tweet. It's just like, oh, they were like, oh, they really, they really kicked us. So that's really what it was. So. And then, but like in back in 2017, 2019, you actually had CC Sabathia and Brett Gardner crying after the game. So, I mean, like the series was just kind of flat. Well, and when you get I think swept, the entire yeah. post, I think the entire postseason was kind of flat for the Yankees as well, because you, you know it was they, so flat. They yeah. they should have easily handled that. The division series should not have gone five games. Yep, no, I agree. Should not have gone five games. Cleveland was so beatable. They beat up on them all year long, and mm-hmm. they made them look like this super-powered team, which Cleveland is very they're – they're a fun team. They're young. Yep. They don't really hit that much. But they got really good pitching, and they'll hit when, when you need them to hit. So they're a good baseball team. But this Yankees team should have blown them out of the water. This series should have been over so much earlier than it was. They should have scored 10 runs at least one game. Yeah, and then you face the Astros with that momentum, and they just never had that. Obviously, the weather was a problem here in New York as well, but that's no excuse. Just win the games. Don't don't just draw it out. The the scheduling, the, this whole postseason for the Yankees was just bleak from the beginning with all of the with the weather, the way that they were playing. It was just not a good not a good look, and I agree or disagree with me here, but in Game 3, Harrison Bader and Aaron Judge, miscommunication on a fly ball, that was the end of the series, in yep. my opinion. I agree. That lost this team the series, and then in Game 4, Glaber Torres and IKF cannot figure it out up the middle. The ball goes from Glaber Torres' glove all the way in the left field, and that run ends up being a run that kills the Yankees. And sets them back, and it was just silly mistake after silly mistake. One thing the Houston Astros do is they don't do what the Yankees do. They hit situationally. They do not make those silly mistakes in the postseason. Their manager also knows how to utilize his weapons. Aaron Boone, in my opinion, does not know how to do that. And now we're sitting with a lot of offseason questions. One, how for some reason, I don't know how this didn't take a little longer to decide, but... The first move, I think we can count it as Aaron Boone is coming back as manager. That immediately sets the tone for how this offseason is going to go. So I want to hear your guys' thoughts. We'll start with you, Brian. I have a lot of thoughts on this free agency. What needs to be done? What What do you see happening? Yeah, you have to bring back Judge. After all of this, you have you have to bring back Aaron Judge. If you lose Aaron Judge, the stain on the stain on the franchise is going to be so bad. As if it isn't already. He bet on himself. He had the best season you could imagine in a walk here. He deserves to be paid as as much as he needs to be paid. So that's priority number one. Now, now when you're paying him maybe $40 million a year, it kind of limits your spending elsewhere. So I think you got to gotta get, gotta get guys that are going to stay healthy. Because DJ, DJ LeMahieu is now 35. He's not getting any younger. So he's... He's an injury concern. And he's been hurt both back-to-back postseasons. Yep. He's been a non-factor. So there's some starting pitchers available that they can maybe go after. Ed- Edwin Diaz is an option. There's there's a lot of high-caliber guys that are available, and this is the first offseason in a while where I don't really concretely know where the Yankees need to go. I don't know what areas they need to address. 
I, I really don't know because the rotation seems fine. When healthy, the bullpen is usually pretty good, and the the lineup the lineup on paper should produce. So I think they got to focus on bringing some guys back, primarily Aaron Judge, and then look into you know bringing back Rizzo. Andrew Benintendi is a free agent, and they they could really use him over a full season. So I think they just got to bring some guys back and obviously just improve in areas where they need to improve and just just make it work. I like have this whole plan for them. I was just ripping at it like not too long ago. Aaron Judge is number 1, obviously. Mm-hmm. And what you said, Brian, that handcuffs them. That that prevents them from getting a guy like maybe Correa, maybe Trey Turner, prevents them from getting a different cornerstone player. I think you could call Trey Turner. He's not at the same capacity as Judge. But he's a very good baseball player. He's a great he, player. He changes the dynamic of every lineup that he gets put into. Five-tool player. 100%. What A very rare feat now. You don't see it. There, there's maybe him and Mike Trout, maybe a couple other people that can fall, in, fall into that category. But Trey Turner, definitely a five-tool guy. I don't know if it's going to happen. He's not in this plan. But I, I look at it like this. Judge obviously needs to come back. You need a left-handed hitting corner outfielder. You bring up Benintendi, I like that, but it's going to be expensive, more expensive. It's not going to be super expensive. The Yankees can afford it. But there's other options out there. You look at David Peralta, you look at Jock Peterson. How about a flyer on Michael Conforto? If you uh, want to bring Aaron Judge back, you're gonna. it's going to require a hefty haul. You're not going to be able to bring an Andrew Benintendi back at the same time, especially coming off of his first all-star season you bring a guy in like David Peralta contract uh, contact traits older still a serviceable outfielder Jock Peterson serviceable outfielder someone you can plug into the lineup I know it's not a Benintendi he's a liability on defense yeah but at the same time you you're not going to be able to get both of them back and also you need to address the bullpen you do not have a bona fide closer. I'm not trusting Clay Holmes as the bona fide closer right now. You have Kenley Jansen, you have Taylor Rogers, you have David Robertson. Those are some names that you can go after in free agency that you may need to go after in free agency because you have already lost five bullpen arms, in, including Chapman, Britton, Chad Green, Miguel Castro, and Scott Efros. Four free agents. Scott Efros is out for the rest of next year. Michael King is supposed to come back by spring training. But that is a very serious injury. The stress fracture and then possible Tommy John, there's a lot of question marks with this bullpen that's supposed to be really good. That's an area that needs to be hit. You need another starting pitcher. You don't bring back Tyone. My proposal is that you revisit that Pablo Lopez, Glaber Torres trade and you kick off the Volpe Peraza era. So I came up with Peraza, Torres, Austin Wells for Pablo Lopez, and Dylan Floro. Now, obviously, it may be less, it may be more. This is just the trade simulator website. What do you guys think so of that? You're, I, I you're, would, tra- you're trading Peraza. I wouldn't give Peraza. up Peraza. Not Peraza for Lopez. No. Because one of not. them is, I, f- I think, one of them. And then you have Trey Sweeney. They have so many shortstop prospects. Pera- Peraza, should be, Peraza should be the 2023 shortstop. Yeah, I think he should so. be. I think yeah. so. Okay. He, sh- That's he, fair. He, he showed me enough in September that he, mm-hmm. he should be the shortstop. You're starting him in playoff games. Yeah, he should be the you shortstop are, next year. You are year. starting him in playoff games. Makes a sparkler. If you have the confidence in him, yeah. I uh, think they should take a flyer on Conforto, personally. But Conforto hasn't played. That's a, that's the best reason to take a flyer. He's going to be so cheap. He's going to be cheap. He's going to be cheap, but might as well. You still, this team still, I people just, they don't, this team is still a playoff 
team. I know Donaldson was bad. I, I, I know IKF was bad, but this roster will still carry them. I think out to of at least a wild card. Spot. I think out of all the options you brought up for a lefty bat in le- in the outfield, I think Conforto is by far the best one because Peralta is coming in his later years. He didn't really hit for power toward the end of the season, and you know he's kind of like average below average hitter and he's aging too so and peterson he's another one of those guys that you know hits home runs but he also strikes out a lot no no discipline at the plate fits the bill that, that, that just that just fits the yankees lineup which yep. you kind of don't need conforto is a guy you know he's got more of a simplified swing i feel like he has the ability to make more contact a little bit better of a defender um i i think you know it wouldn't and it's like it fits the price too so i don't think it would hurt to take a shot on him but I, I think Jock Peterson. I'm looking at his numbers now. I mean, the the Yankees the Yankees should look into it because well uh, postseason postseason experience too. Exactly. Yeah, Car- carried the Braves last year. I shouldn't say carried, but no, he he, dra- he played played a them. huge role. Yeah, and he only he only struck out a hundred times this year in 134 games. So you look at the 23 bombs. Look at the fact that he was an All Star and he got got good slugging numbers. That that could be something. I think, especially as a left, that's at why Yankee I put Stadium him in there. Too. That's why I put him in there. Why because not? There's options, and he's thir- and he's th- and he's thirty. There's there's different things, and he's going to be on a one year deal. He's not going to get exactly. a four or five year deal. Not even a three year deal. The last thing for the Yankees, in my opinion, you're going into next year, and then we're, we'll move on to the World Series, and we'll just bury the hatchet with the Yankees, and we'll just welcome in the off season. Starting pitching, you have Garrett Cole. You got to pick up Luis Severino's option. They're I going think. to. They're going to do that. There's no Very reason. For, there's no reason for them. So not there's to. two. You have Cortez. I'm I'm still a believer in Montas. So that leaves a fifth spot open in this rotation. Domingo Herman. No. No. You have to go out. There are so many different options that you can go with, other than Domingo Herman. They have you a good rotation Tyone, already. Yeah. You let Tyone walk. Sure. You either you may you may be able to pull off a Glaber Torres trade for Pablo Lopez. That's a really strong rotation. And then it gives you more flexibility in your infield because they're right now, like last year in, in Luke Voigt, there's an odd man out in this infield, and it might be Glaber Torres because you can't get rid of DJ. If Anthony Rizzo leaves, then you probably have to hold on to Torres. But there's another odd man out situation for the starting pitching. There are options that you can go with. You have player options with the Grom, Rodon, Verlander. That's a stretch if you're going to sign Judge. Last year, they should have gotten Verlander. I don't know why you're not giving him that extra year like Houston did, and now he's in the World Series again. Kershaw, Syndergaard, Sean Manaya, Mike Clevenger, and my personal favorite of options I think the Yankees can go after is Nathan Avaldi. Top little little Nathan Avaldi reunion, reunion. in right? 95th percentile in walk rate. He's up there. He doesn't walk. Any, he had 20 walks this year. He didn't pitch that much because he was hurt. He had like 100-something innings, but he was hurt. High velo guy, works up in the zone. He's a hard thrower like Cole, but he gets crafty like Cortez. Such a better option to have in that fifth spot over Domingo Herman. There's so many different angles this Yankees team can go with. Well, yeah, you, with can, ne- you can never have enough starting pitching. So uh, Clearly not. You look at the Astros, they they beat you with they four just, different yeah, starting pitchers. The Yankees run, running a, out everybody. Yeah, the Yankees were, were shorthanded, and then Cortez gets hurt. Cole gets into a big jam. 
and now we're just but, we're facing but a sixth I, year. But I would say to that point, I would say the lineup's got to be the top priority because in years past, it has not been the starting pitching that killed yeah, them. Yeah, the, the pitching playoffs. has definitely been the better, the stronger. It's been, it's side been the lineup. The so yeah, I don't. I think you should go put more of your attention to getting guys in this lineup, the right guys in this lineup, rather than adding another starting pitcher when you already have a, a even without any additions, a really good starting rotation. They they do. I, I'm a believer in Frankie Montas. I know I know he wasn't at all good th- this year for the Yankees. I know he wasn't good, but this was a really good pitcher out in Oakland. This was a borderline ace for the Oakland A's. Maybe the ace this year. Uh, you got to give him the benefit of the doubt. He, you know, you know who else around. was a bona fide ace for the Oakland A's? Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray. Yep. So maybe Matt Blake cannot fix these Oakland products. Um, that that's gonna wrap up this Yankees talk. I feel like it's it, we gotta bury the hatchet on this season and just move on into the offseason. I think, I think we've gotten enough of our... Yep. Yeah, yep. we all we all just Emotions let it out. But we still have one more series. And it, it's an interesting one. It's the rematch of the 1980 MLCS, the Houston oh. Astros versus the Philadelphia Phillies in the 2022 Fall Classic. The Astros, obviously, they were in the World Series last year. They've been four times in the last six years. The Phillies... Not only their first World Series appearance since 2009, but their first playoff appearance since 2011. It's been a long time since this Phillies team has seen any kind of success, and they're doing it in a year in which they may have, do, they may have succeeded a little too early with the roster that they have, and that's a good thing. I think personally, and then we'll, we'll open it up here, this is over in five and it's going to Houston, and I don't really know if there's much more to talk about it. Well, I will say the Phillies being in the World Series is the reason why I love this sport. This is awesome. The Phillies, who came into the postseason, I think easily the worst team to out, the of, out of the 12, yeah, yeah, coming into it. And yep. then they're just making it look easy. They're, yep. beating the, they're sweeping the Cardinals. They're beating the, Bra- the defending world champions in four. And then you get to the NL- NLCS and beat the, beat the Padres in five. Bryce Harper, man, that, that's, that home run to send them to the World Series – Unbelievable! That's everything that Phillies fans wanted when they signed him with that big contract, and now he has a chance to play on the big stage that he's always been destined to play on. And it's like his tenth year in the league too, yeah. so it's been a long time for him. And yes, on paper, especially given what happened in the ALCS, the Astros should run over the Phillies. They should, but I mean, with the run the Phillies are on, you just you just you can't know for sure. You just can't. That's baseball, See, though. I, exactly. I, I'm picking the Phillies. To win wow. The, I'm picking wow. the Phillies to win the 2022 World Series. How many games? And Seven? How many games? Uh, I'm going with going with five, you see. Five oh, games? That's, five. that's so generous. I'm, I'm going with five. So Against base, an Astros team that hasn't lost a playoff game yet? Uh, well, I'm, I'm going with five. But you, you look at the Astros, their past two World Series. I mean, they played the Nat. Like, you didn't expect them to lose to the Nationals yeah. or the Braves. The Nationals were a 91 wild card win team in 2019, and it was it was kind of reverse home advantage splits because the Nationals won all four games in Houston, and the Braves, you know, the Braves won in six games in, in 2021. I mean, but if you look at both teams, both teams had really good pitching. The Phillies have also have really good pitching. Starting pitching to Houston's be exact. is better though. Starting pitching to be exact. Yeah, but I, I believe I believe yeah, I believe in Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola over so. Verlander, Framber Valdez, yes, Christian Javier, and then maybe Jose Urquidy. 
Yes, I do. They have five bona fide arms that can make a start. Justin Verlander had to pitch one time against the Yankees. I, I believe that Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola are basically. You know, I think they're very Ver- good. Verlander does not have good numbers in the World Series. He no. does not. He does no, not. He definitely I, does not. I believe Verlander's beatable. Framber's beatable against Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola. So I think the Phillies will take the first two games. I'm looking at Valdez in Houston. In Houston. Wow. Valdez's postseason wow, 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 numbers. Wow. I mean. He, Valdez started two games in the World Series last year, and he had four and two thirds innings pitched, ten earned runs. He started. He started game one. Yeah, and, and he got rocked. And get started game five, gave up grand slam. Different in the first year. Diff- mm-hmm. I love. I love those stats. They're great. The postseason stats because they do tell a story. But at the same time, Fran- look at what Framber Valdez has been able to do this year. I know this year. I know. But you got to ride. With, you got to ride with who's hot, and the Phillies and, are hot, and so are the Astros. They just swept yeah. the, the, the second kind of best team hot. in the American yeah, League. That's, that's true. The Phillies are hot because why? They're the feel-good story. That is literally baseball. The Phillies are the feel-good story of the year. Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler love the duo. You lose one of those games, you need to win a game three with Ranger Suarez on the mound to get it back to Zach Wheeler. You need to win it. If you lose that game, the series is over. I mean, I, I don't like the it's idea over. of Ranger Suarez pitching against this Astros lineup. He's been good, though. He's, He's been, been good, solid. But either way, they got a lot of tough right-handed hitters that can draw. That can make a lot of a lot of trouble for him. But, so, but that's the thing. You're going to trust Kyle Gibson? I, I don't know. That's the thing with this Phillies team. The offense will help them stay in these games. Outside of Wheeler and Nola, you have you have starting pitching that's good. But if they lose. It's over because of just how momentum goes in baseball. You need a game three victory out of Ranger Suarez if you are at one and or if you're at one and one or down o two. It's just very hard for the Phillies to win this series, in my opinion. I I, really I, I, I think so too because the Astros are obviously the better team and they they haven't lost a playoff game yet and they've played on paper two very good teams and they were in tight games they were losing big time and, to the mariners and in the AL, and the ALCS they got not they got nothing out of Jose Altuve and Jordan Alvarez and they still mopped the Yankees yeah. Uh, mopped is a little bit of an overstatement, no, but four no four games sweep. They rolled though. The Yankees they, rolled though. They got smoked. The games were close. There was only one game that wasn't close, but they essentially played two four games in the American League Division Series. Played an eighteen game marathon <laughs> That's against right. the Mariners. That is right. So just it, these games, they were either losing and they just found ways to come back. This this Astros team knows how to fight. So I'm gonna. We're going, we're going to close the show. We're going to reiterate what our World Series predictions are. For me, I'm going Houston in five. Brian, who do you have? I'm going to go Houston in six. I, I love the Phillies, but the Astros Houston are just better. Houston in six. But I've been proven like wrong that. the last two times the Astros in the World Series, and I've a lot of my playoff predictions this year have been wrong, so who knows? What do I know? I'm going Philly in five. It's either Philly but, wins. But I like that either it, 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 it either – Means Philly wins early or they don't win at all. That's really what. Yeah, it is. yeah there's no medium. Yeah, I, yeah. I could see it. I just don't. I feel like you can just see that Kyle Schwarber leadoff home run in Game One, a little deja vu from last year. Yeah, I feel like you just see that coming. Yeah, there's so many different feels with baseball. It's that, that's why it's the best sport. That's why it's the best. Sport. Couldn't there's couldn't have just, said it better myself. There, there's it's all about vibes. You have the American League powerhouse Houston Astros taking on the little little engine that could fight in Philadelphia Phillies 
it's going to be an interesting World Series. It's going to be fun to watch, and it's also going to be the last baseball that we get until February, World Baseball Classic this year, though. That should be fun. We're going to have a very action-packed offseason, as always. But that's going to do it for this edition of Nosebleeds. Brian Rayback, Sebastian Seabach with me. Will Talent, your host. It's been great, guys. This was a great conversation. Love talking baseball with you guys. The sports director of WFUV Sports is Bobby Chaffordini. And shout out to our producer back there, Matty Bemonte. Nosebleeds is a production of WFUV Sports. <laughs>